And welcome to another edition of the Pastor's Study. Tuesday after Resurrection Sunday, day that our Lord and Savior rose from the grave with all power in his hand. And as always, we thank you for listening to another edition of the Pastor's Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. Mike's side live with me in studio also is Pastor John Young, the pastor of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center. Pastor Raymond Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. And we say, first of all, good afternoon to both of those gentlemen who are here in studio with us. Pastor Young, how are you today? I'm blessed, brother, and honored to be here again. He still lives. That's what we <laughs> talked about on Sunday for the most part. Everybody around the country hopefully mentioned some aspect of the fact that he lives. <laughs> and uh, how was your service on, on Sunday, Pastor? God really moved. Um, the saints came out and, and, and brought some people that wanted to get to know Jesus. We had uh, a host of souls come to Christ, man, and, uh, and God just truly blessed us, bro. And that's all you can ask for on a, yeah. on a uh, Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday morning, that you have people who don't ordinarily come to be presented with the gospel. And uh, if, you, if, in fact, some, fo- some folks got saved, and we bless God for it. Pastor Johnson, you're here in the studio with us also. How you doing, man? Still recovering from from the he got up syndrome. Okay. All right. So you must you must have rolled around on Sunday then. Yeah, I almost did. I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> Had the organ backing you, huh? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Service went well. Service went well. Had a host of souls come to the Lord. Looked up first time in in our building and saw our balcony with people, and I was so excited to see that, just being an infant church the way that we are, to see people come out to the, hear the word of the Lord on Easter Sunday morning. It, it is exciting. And, and, you know, I guess we can both, I can ask you both the question before I get into my remarks about our service. You know, when you see where you started, and it's much like a baby, then you see the congregation kind of grow and grow. And I know we're not supposed to judge our ministry based on numbers, uh, we base it on the Spirit of God and obedience to those who are with us. But it does show faithfulness and when, when you see your congregation expanding. And so can you all kind of talk about that? What, what's the feeling like for you all? I know what it's like for me, but especially for you guys. You know, when you see, and Pastor Young, you started, you birthed your ministry. So to kind of see it expand, what is that feeling like for you? Uh, it's it's beautiful, Pastor Swan. I think, um, and, and I am honored by the way the saints that are, at our church have just grasped the vision because they're they're really building the kingdom and 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 one of the things that's important to me is that like you said that that the focus not just rest with numbers but the impact that they're making in the communities and the testimonies that they bring back and when they are excited about their church they tell somebody mm-hmm. and yeah. and and uh, all they have to do is get them in the door when they experience the presence of God the people just want to stay and and that that's the greatest honor and compliment that God could ever give us absolutely you know the most powerful form of advertising is word of mouth mm-hmm. amen so when you have your congregants telling other folks you need to come to our church that that's a sense of satisfaction Absolutely. Conversely, there might be people who might say, no, you don't need to come to our <laughs> church. You need to go somewhere else. And, and that's the reality. And so true. if you have folks in your congregation that are excited and are sharing with other people, no, nah, you need to be here with us. And you see your congregation and your size and the growth expand. It's, it's, a, it's a great blessing. And so, uh, Pastor Josh, you just mentioned it. You know, you, you see your, your congregation growing. You see your balcony filled. And all these people that are coming 
What's that feeling like for you, man? Uh, it is just it's mind blowing for me to, to for on the one end to just consider that somebody would come and hear the word through my lips every single week. Number yeah. one, that God would choose to use me in that way uh, is just mind blowing to me. Uh, but like Pastor Young said, it's just so exciting to see what we're watching happening is families being reconciled. Yeah. And we're watching uh, mothers and fathers uh, come together. And those uh, persons who were not married are getting married within our ministry. And families are being reconciled. And families are being saved all at the same time. And uh, it happens in a variety of, a variety of ways. We watch young people get saved, and then their parents come, and then they get turned on, and then they get saved, and then they recommit their lives. And we watch parents come and then bring their kids, and they get excited. Uh, so it's just been a tremendous move of the Spirit. And I actually had the chance to reference this, uh, reference this in my message on Sunday about how Jesus' ministry grew from when he healed Simon Peter's mother. Yeah. And uh, it was just a few in the living room to a few on the porch to now a crowd in the streets to now a multitude following him up to the mountainside to hear the Sermon on the Mount. So to see the same progression happen within the ministry at Calvary Revival Peninsula, it's just, it's just, I'm just so excited and just thank the Lord for the saints that we have that are continuing to come every week. Absolutely. And, and we know that, you know, obviously not everyone will return to f- this Sunday. Right. <laughs> But right, at right, least, right. at least you had one shot. Man. You made an impact. <laughs> you get one shot, man. And I hope every pastor who who had visitors in the house, man, you used that shot to your advantage. Yes, sir. To get people to come back, uh, we we were fortunate enough. We we moved our service over to Heritage High School, and mm-hmm. uh, we did the one service and. And uh, the Lord blessed us tremendously. Well, that's why you're so fresh this morning. You ain't preached twice on Sunday. One time. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I had to talk to the trustees. See if we can go back. <laughs> but it, it was good, man. I mean, we had we had uh, we actually had overflow in, in, in heritage. We had a, a great turnout. And you know, again, what I noticed is that when when you have a number of people who are not used to being in your in your worship experience. It kind of changes a little bit of the flow, mm-hmm. and uh, it gave us a chance to really worship and show people how it's done. And I think that's what was exciting for me. You know, you you have all of these folks who, who maybe are just coming, they're looking around and kind of saying, "Okay, what are we supposed to be doing?" And you just kind of invite them also into the presence of God and the worship. And and uh, by the end of service, we had a, a, a number of people to make decisions for the Lord. And mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's those types of things that, that are exciting. And so we hope that every church this past Sunday, uh, every pastor has these types of testimonies that uh, the Lord blessed your service and folks were saved. And uh, as Pastor Johnson mentioned, most of all, that there was reconciliation. That That's really how we are to measure mm-hmm. church growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, couples staying together, husband and wife, are they, are they staying married or, or parenting is it getting better you know those are those are the types of things we have to look at not always who's not sitting in our pew Mm -hmm. but who's there and who's growing and i'm seeing that also some of our leaders are blossoming and so all of that together makes for for a good day so i hope you all had the same kind of experience and so before we get into our topic uh you guys have partnered together with pastor doss over at uh, beulah tabernacle y'all doing a a a play why don't y'all tell us about the play that's happening Thanks, Pastor Swan. First off, we're excited just at the opportunity to work together. Um, we, we're convinced that God just absolutely uh, smiles down when he can see his children cooperating and getting along. And we talked about this in times past right here on this show that uh, uh, pastors don't have to be competitive. I tell people all the time, if, if you hit the winning shot and, and, and we're wearing the same uniform, then I win too. Absolutely. And, and so we're serving the same God. We're fighting the same devil. And, and one of the ways that we've come together uh, is um, 
Pastor Doss over at Beulah uh, Tabernacle Christian Outreach Ministry, along with uh, Pastor Ray uh, at uh, Calvary Revival Church of the Peninsula, uh, is partnered with Empowered Believers. And we've got actors and directors and, and stagehands from all churches just merging together to put on a play. And this play is entitled Clean House. It's a stage play, and it's going to start uh, Thursday, uh, April the 23rd, uh, and it will be showing uh, nightly at 7 p.m., uh, April 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th. At 7 p.m., it's free admission, open to the public. And if you want more information, I'd like to make sure I give you uh, not only the address to uh, Beulah Tabernacle, where we will be hosting, uh, or they will be hosting the play, uh, but I'd like to make sure you have the telephone number. The contact number is 270-0609. That's 270-0609 for more information. And uh, that uh, venue will be Beulah Tabernacle at uh, 5862 Orchid Avenue. That's 5862 Orchid Avenue in Newport News, Virginia. That's right behind Heritage High School, by the way. And uh, Clean House is, a, is a, a, a stage presentation that will motivate you. It's a dynamic production, and it's going to bless you. Uh, it's going to encourage you to go on and do the things necessary to enhance your relationship with God. And uh, I believe you'll leave excited, inspired, and, uh, and, and, and you'll have a newfound understanding of what it means to pursue the heart of God. Mm. Now, now, you all going to be making any cameos or anything in, in, in the play. I, I need to know now, you know. People, y'all going to walk across the stage or something, you know, y'all going to. Well, word has it, you know, word has it that there may be. Uh... Some, somebody has said. <laughs> Is it Pookie or Ray Ray? That, that, who, who said there it? might be a cameo in there somewhere, you know, where uh, you might get a little, um, you know, sermonette somewhere. Yeah, okay. You know. All right. Um, might be a hammer or two in there somewhere. Right, right. Okay. Right. All right. So, <laughs> so nobody going to dress up we, like Medea. Nobody going to walk in. Well, actually, actually. Pastor Ray, you going <laughs> to. No, man. No. There is a Medea in there. There's a Medea in there. There's a Medea in Pastor Ray. It's not Pastor Ray. No, sir. And it's not Pastor Young, so that leaves. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that. But, yeah. John, John, you better call in, man. <laughs> I don't recall. I don't recall. All righty. So the play again is Clean House. It's going to be from April 23rd to the 26th. It's going to be at uh, Beulah Tabernacle, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Which is 5862 Orchid Avenue in Newport News, right behind Heritage High School. And most of all, it's free admission open to the public and it starts at 7 p.m. nightly and for more information you can contact 270-0609 and I think this is tremendous when churches can come together like this we have talent in our congregations everybody in the church who's been saved has a spiritual gift and so I know a lot of times there are plays that travel around and do different tours but it's good that people within their own assemblies can come together for a purpose such as this. So I want to commend you all, and, uh, and I wish it well, and uh, hopefully next week again we can promote this and you get a good turnout. Amen. 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 But y'all I need believe... to tell me what y'all going to be doing. That's what, that's what I need to know. Well, actually, the next play we were hoping that we can get uh, Pastor Swan to be Medea. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a frame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a frame. <laughs> we had to figure that out. But anyway, we're, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, there is some disturbing news. We're going to get into the topic for today. There's a there's a disturbing report that came out. Once again, uh, we we look to uh, George Barna. He he's considered again to be one of the gurus of Christian research. He came out with a study this week that that really. And when I saw it, I had to call the brothers and say we have to talk about this. 
And uh, we're going to talk about it on the other side of the break, uh, a, a report that came out about Christian beliefs. You will not believe what this report says about certain beliefs in our day as it relates to Satan and the Holy Spirit, all those kinds of things. And as always, we want to hear from you. So you can call in and offer your opinion, 727-5407, And as always, if you happen to not hear the show in its entirety, you want to hear it later on today or perhaps later in the week, then you can certainly uh, go to our website, www.kevinswan.org, and you can click on the media link and get more information. But we're going to take the break now, come back on the other side with our question of the day here on WHOV 88.1 FM. <laughs> We're back on WHOV 88.1 FM here on the Pastor Study. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio live with my partners here in studio with us, Pastor John Young, Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center, and also Pastor Raymond Johnson, Pastor of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. And uh, on the other side of the break, we were just talking about Resurrection Sunday and the things that were going on this weekend. We hope that you had an opportunity to go to church somewhere and experience the power of a risen Savior. If you did not, hopefully you will make an effort to go this weekend, uh, as again, this is a significant time in the church's uh, liturgical calendar. So again, find a place of worship this Sunday morning and go and get what you need to make it through your week. And so uh, again, we're going to jump into our question of the day. And uh, again, this this question, it, it shocked me, actually, pastors. And uh, when I saw it, I, I could not believe it. I, I immediately contacted you guys and said, what do you think about doing this on the show? And, you, and both of you said, we, we need to talk about it. And so once again, uh, there is a organization, uh, George Barna, B-A-R-N-A, and uh, Barna.org. Uh, he, he has a wealth of, of resources. He does a lot of studies in the uh, Christian faith. He came out with a study this uh, past week, and, and basically this is what it says. It says that uh, of the 1,871 persons who participated in the study who described themselves as Christians uh, were asked about their perception of God and just different questions about uh, Satan and the Holy Spirit. The results are shocking. It says that four out of ten Christians who participated in this study, 40% of the 1,871 in the survey, strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being but is a symbol of evil. And an additional two out of ten Christians, 19%, say that they agree somewhat with that perspective. So when you put those two together, that's 59% of those participants in the study that do not acknowledge wholeheartedly that Satan is live and well and real, but that more or less they believe is simply a symbol of evil, but not uh, actually a, a a demonic force that exists. I don't even know where to begin with this one. <laughs> I, I don't know where, where to begin. And, and uh, you know, that's just the first item that is shocking in this particular study. And so uh, let me just throw it out here. When, when, you, when you saw this, and, and when you read this, what was the first thing, Pastor Young, Pastor Joe, what was the first thing that came to your mind when you hear that 59% of those in this study don't believe that Satan actually exists? 
I, I was speechless, Pastor Swan. And, and, and one of the things that as I, as I began to think about it a lot more, you know, we, you know, we never want to give props to Satan or any of those kinds of things. But, but one of the things that we have to understand is that his greatest desire is to convince people that he doesn't exist. And, uh, Clearly, he's been more effective than I gave him credit. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about here unbelievers. These are people who describe themselves as Christians. We assume they have some knowledge of truth. We assume, maybe we're wrong to assume, that they have a place of worship that they go to where there is at least some element of biblical teaching. And for the majority of the people in the survey to say that Satan is only a a symbol of evil but not actually a real demonic force i i don't know what what to say and and i guess you know this goes in line with first timothy uh, pastor johnson chapter four and i'm reading the uh, contemporary english version Mm -hmm. timothy says uh you know paul says to timothy god's spirit clearly says that in the last days many people will turn away from their faith Mm -hmm. they will be fooled by evil spirits and by teachings that come from demons they will also be fooled by the false claims of liars whose consciousness has lost all feeling these liars will forbid people to marry or eat certain foods, but God created these foods to be eaten with thankful hearts by his followers who know their truth. So, again, Pastor, again, you, you hear this study, you read it, shared it with you. What was your first reaction when you heard this? Immediately, what is interesting is, just for our listeners' sake, I was automatically thinking First Timothy in my mind yeah. before you read it. Um, I immediately, when uh, you you get, presented the information to us on last night, uh, I went to print it out, and uh, both my wife and I were reading it, and it just um, startling in one sense, but reality in another. And uh, you, you made a very strong statement. We assume that most Christians and believers are, are have access to some some truth or know some truth, and we can no longer make that assumption today, um, because not everybody is is being well versed in terms of what the Scripture teaches um, and how that applies to reality every day. There was another phase or, or place within the study that talked about uh, how believers see this and how notional uh, believers see this, people who just kind of nominally go to church weekly, right. and then how true believers view this. And uh, as Pastor Young said, the notion uh, that Satan, whom he originally is called Lucifer, the fallen angel from heaven, right. his whole goal is to convince people that he does not exist and to really, really pull people to the, the notion that all truth is relative. And so whatever is true for you is not necessarily true for me. And so rather than having an individual be responsible for evil, um, evil is more symbolic now. And I I don't have to necessarily uh, ascribe to a personality behind or someone responsible for um, evil being penetrated throughout the world. Yeah, and, and I guess again, man. Even even in our culture, man, you see the pitchfork and and the, and the horns, man. Oh, you man. know what I'm saying? I mean, there's all <laughs> there's always been some symbol mm-hmm. of Satan, mm-hmm. but but to now suggest that uh, in our time, not by unbeliever, but by believer, yeah, that, that's the part that is shocking me. That that for those who participate in this study would would dare to say that they're they don't believe, and and again, the forty percent strongly agreed. That there, there was no, there's no Satan, or that he does not exist in real form. What, what does that say? I guess the question I'm trying to figure out is, what does that say to us as pastors about what we, uh, what as a whole, what are we teaching? What, what are we? What is going on? I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what else to say. We, we I, feel like, I feel like Marvin Gaye here. What, I mean, what's going on? <laughs> but, but what? 
are, are we just not teaching the core doctrine beliefs anymore? Or are we just teaching things that just want to make people feel good emotionally? I would dare to say yes. We, we've gotten away from teaching uh, the fundamental doctrinal truths of Scripture, and we've spent more time hyping people and um, telling folk that if you, if you bring your offering down, spin around three times, jump up and down, you're going to get your Rolls Royce. And, and then you've got the, the pie-in-the-sky theory that has been so prevalently taught all throughout Christendom for at least the last 25 years. We've got to get back to really teaching um, the doctrines and really, really teaching sound theology, which would also to say that we as pastors must become well-versed in the Scripture Absolutely. ourselves. Absolutely. There's no question now, about that. And, that, and we've talked about statement. this before, the era that we live in, the mm-hmm. whole postmodern realm. Yeah. All of that plays a part in it, too. And I, and I understand that we're now in today's culture, truth is not necessarily absolute. thought of as absolute, right. but more relative. But I guess even in that, if you're talking about at least eight, over eight, almost 1,900 people in this survey that say that they're Christian, and you have 40% of them that are a part of the body of Christ, as they claim they are, to actually say that, that Satan does not exist, what, what does that say for us as, as pastors, and what does that say for us? What, what do we need to do to start correcting some of these things, Pastor Young, to get the, the biblical truths out? You know, one of the things that I thought about is how, you know, a lot of times people are very timid when they testify, for example, because they don't want to give the devil any glory and all those kinds of things. But, you know, the truth is, is that, you know, in church and rightfully so, we do talk about God and we do magnify God and all those things. But we also have to understand the Bible says to be sober, to be vigilant for your adversary. The devil goes to and fro as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the point that I want to make is, is that, you know, we, you know, we can't, uh, at the expense of 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 uh, of of glorifying God and magnifying the name of Jesus Christ, uh, make our people naive to the fact that we do have an enemy, we do have an adversary. Yeah, and uh, again, the majority of the New Testament is clear in warning believers against false teaching. Mm-hmm. Right. The majority of the New Testament, particularly in the letters. You know, Paul and particularly John's epistles, they are clear. And so, you know, again, this is nothing new. We should be prepared for this. But I guess it's surprising of the fact that, again, you know, you're talking about people in the body mm-hmm. that don't have these fundamental truths down. And I guess that's that's what's shocking. But it doesn't stop there. It, it goes on a little bit further to say, um, much like the, the people's in this survey's perceptions of Satan, it also says that most Christians in this study also do not believe that the Holy Spirit is a living force. <laughs> My goodness, man. <laughs> My. So, so now there's, there's indifference about Satan. There's indifference about the Holy Spirit. And I will say this before I get your comments. I know many times in the church, you know, we talk about God the Father. We talk about Jesus, God the Son. And I do think that in many cases, God the Holy Spirit is is not oftentimes taught as much as the other two in the triune aspect of God. Mm-hmm. And mo- many times when we talk about spirit, it's always in a high moment. So mm-hmm. the spirit was up. So mm-hmm. somebody was running. <laughs> somebody was shouting. Somebody knocked something down. But we don't necessarily <laughs> talk about the Holy Spirit in the realm of him being a person and active 
in the lives of us. And so we want to hear from you. Uh, we, we have these, these, these studies and these remarks, but we want to hear from you also. 727-5407-727-5711. I think we have a caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yeah, I got him regulated to a caller. I didn't know it was you, man. Oh, I'm hurt. I'm distraught. Moose, Moose didn't tell me it was you, Rob. How you doing, yeah, man? He set me up. Yeah, I've been gone three weeks now just to call <laughs> he just, feelings is hurt. He just pointed to me and said, look, uh, somebody's on the phone. You need to pick up. So that's oh, what... I'm somebody. <laughs> oh, dang. What's going on, Rob? How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I, I'm, I, I don't know, man. As, as a pastor, we're trying to figure this out, man, with this, this study. So maybe you can help us. You, you, always, you always give us a different perspective, man. So help us to understand how can 59% of a survey who describe themselves as, as born-again believers say that Satan does not exist. Can you help me to understand that? It's easy. I mean, people, they don't believe in a, 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 uh, a red-skinned... Uh, uh, <laughs> two-horned uh, man walking around with a cape and a pitchfork. You know, <laughs> that to them is not real. And so, and you got to remember, for some of them, you know, some people don't believe in that. And what we, what we like, our I like to call that mythical uh, uh, creature. Uh, you know, that we see in the movies and that we see uh, in paintings and everything like that. They don't believe that that person exists. He's been made, jo- you know, joked. You know, he's been made jokes of. You know, people. People just don't believe in that creature. But Rob, hold on, Rob. That's what they see. But Rob, hold over a second. You got people out here that believe that Bigfoot still exists. <laughs> that you have <laughs> that, that people believe that the Loch Ness. I've seen, I've seen, seen Bigfoot. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> like that, but I mean, you know. I mean, no, you, <laughs> you, you have people that believe in Bigfoot. You have people believe in the Loch Ness monster. You have believe people that believe in UFOs. And all of these other things flying around. Some people even still believe Elvis is still alive and all that kind of stuff. How can you not say? <laughs> how can you not say that the devil is real? I, I don't understand that, man. Help, help me, Rob. Well, it's 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 why you got to realize that a lot of people out there don't believe that there's one person out there causing them all their problems. That's hard. That's a hard concept to sell to a lot of people these days. People, and then you got to remember, a lot of people are living hell on earth. They don't see no devil, but they live in hell on earth. And so, you know, they they wife done left them, they husband done left them, they you know they they broke and busted. They don't have a car. Their kids is wild and crazy. They on drugs. They're drinking alcohol. They got babies having babies. You know, a lot of people believe they live in hell on earth right now. So for you to sell to them that there is one person out there that they consider to be the devil, Satan, that's walking around causing all these problems, that's a hard sell to some people in this day and age because they believe that they are going through hell right now. Now, granted, I used to call George Bush the devil. So, I mean, (laughs) it's not hard for me to believe that he exists. But that's just me. (laughs) But, you know, you got to look at it. A lot of people just don't believe that there's one creature at the helm looking up right now saying, you know what I'm going to do for Rob? I'm going to make his... uh, his wife's car key disappears, so she got to take his car and say, you know, people don't believe in that that one that that mythical aspect, or not mythical, but that that aspect of it. So, and so, uh, you know, and then you got to also remember, Swan, we don't teach people to believe in Satan. We what? teach people to believe in Jesus. We teach people to believe in God, and we sell that story 
constantly. You know, you go to church, you walk in a church, it's faith, faith, believe in hope, believe in God, believe in Jesus. That is a repeated uh, uh, mantra in the church. But we don't sit there and tell people to believe in the devil. What we tell people to believe is they can overcome uh, the devil, that, you know what, I'm more than a conqueror. The devil has got no control over me. So if you're selling to me that I need to believe in God, but you're not selling to me that there is a devil out there working for my for my ill will. Then you know it's, it, that that's where the divide comes in. More pe- preachers need to tell people hell is real. There is a devil. There is a Satan, and you know he does exist. You know if we if we preach that as hard as we preach overcoming Satan, then maybe folks will start believing that there is a Satan. All right. Well, well, let me say this. So if many people don't believe in Satan. You said earlier that many people believe that there's hell on earth. That right now, they so, live in it. So how can you have an acknowledgment of hell without an acknowledgment of Satan? Mm. How, how, how do you separate the two? That was one thing that the survey said. It, didn't that, it wasn't that they didn't believe in hell. They they're, don't believe in Satan. They just don't believe in Satan. Yeah, there's a difference. You know, if you watch South Park, you know, they, they, they make fun of the devil all the time. Okay, and so you see the little mythical creature, Satan is red skinned, he's all muscle and powerful and everything like that. And he happens to be a homosexual on South Park, but that, that's just South Park. You see what I'm saying? So I they see. don't believe in that creature, but they do believe in the, in the hell. And so a lot of people believe in that. So, yeah, and, and of course, it's the old age, age old adage you believe the parts of the Bible you want to believe in. Yeah, and I think, so. pastors, and you can chime in this. What this sounds like to me is that we're, we're not adequately teaching the spirit dimension mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. We're, we're only teaching physical realm and let me get my blessing physically but mm-hmm. we're not right. talking about spiritual realm which is greater in what? god's sight than physical realm mm-hmm. and what? what is unseen is more important than what, what is, is seen, seen. right and, and and it seems to me that if our focal point is always on what we get what we have what we wear all of these things we can see then obviously, yes, then there won't be an impact or a focal point on what we cannot see in the demonic spirits and forces that work against us. Mm-hmm. As Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness yeah. in high places. Yeah, so I, I see that. So, Rob, we, we got to go. We got some other callers that's coming through, man. So thank you for the call, man. I'll call you after the show is over. Anytime, sir. Anytime. All right, man. Take care. So, so again, man, maybe that's what it is. is. Do you think that's the case? Are we not talking about spirit dimension? Are we only focusing on the fact that there's a physical presence, but but there's so much greater, so much more that God wills for us in spirit realm? I, you know, I throw that out there. We'll, we'll get to the caller here, and we'll get your opinion on that right after the call is over. Caller, are you on the air? Yes, sir. Go ahead and offer your opinion, please. I just wanted to really quick, my uh, two favorite pastors up there. This is James. Empower believers. There you go. Give your pastor a shout out. <laughs> what's going on, John Young? Hey, what's going on, James? Thanks for calling. Uh, I can't really hear you, but I heard an echo of you. Um, now I, I got you know just a couple little little tidbits. First off, I think the the biggest challenge of this whole survey is 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 how it can be corrected because you know I've heard it said that you know if you're going through life and you're not running into any problems and everything's fine, you know you might want to watch what's going on because you and the devil could very well be going the same way and if you've got the enemy convincing people he doesn't exist then he doesn't even have to worry about them anymore you know they're not even on the radar okay still there? yeah I we're still here on. yeah we're still here I mean, keep, keep talking man yeah i mean so 
you know, when you've got that situation, you know, you've got to try to overcome that. Um, now, I do agree with uh, what somebody said a little bit earlier that, you know, church has kind of gone to a little bit of a popcorn, um, you know, soft sermon, soft, you know, just to love on people, which, you know, the faith and grace message is, is, is what it's about. Um, but I think that getting to the heart of some of this stuff is going to be uh, the real connections. You know, you can't necessarily put it all on a pastor on a sermon, you know, these, this, this kind of stuff gets taught through relationships, through, you know, like me and a couple of my elders or, or, or older men in my church that I have conversations with, you know, these are things that you get, you know, taught, you know, on a one-to-one basis as well. I mean, I guess, you know, I'd stand in the same category as all y'all and just stand there and say I'm completely dumbfounded that, that <laughs> that's the case, but, you know, I was always, you know, presented uh, the whole thing in, in more of a, yeah, the, the dude's real. But, I mean, if you want to find <laughs> out if he's real or not, just go ahead and make a stand, you know? Yeah. Try to take a step of faith for the Lord, and uh, I tell you what, he'll show up. Yes, he will. Thank you for the call, Jays. We appreciate it. No problem. And, and again, you know, I, I think what has helped our congregation pass is, I'll be honest, we started in January the book of Revelation. We, we did the study of Revelation. We're doing it, actually. Tomorrow we're in chapter 11. And I think that has helped our congregation to understand, first of all, the ending of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, many, many people, you know, we go all the way up until Jude as if Revelation, you know, you can't read that book because it's something about. But in Revelation, God's plan is fully revealed mm-hmm. and he deals with the devil, the Antichrist, mm-hmm. the false prophet, mm-hmm. all of the demonic forces. Mm-hmm. He casts them into the lake of fire. And these are things that I think sometimes we, because we don't hear the full story of the message of the Bible, then it can be easily construed that, yes, maybe he doesn't exist or he doesn't exist in this form. But when you teach the whole truth, you see everything for what it is. Let me get you a quick comment before we get to the call. Well, just absolutely, I think that we have to get back to teaching um, the impact of what sin is in the life of the individual, of all of humanity, one. And then where did that begin at in heaven when Lucifer was first cast out? Two. Right. Um, and I think telling the, the larger narrative, the meta-narrative, if you will, the larger story of humanity right. and how uh, all of these aspects play a role in that and then how all of this evil attributed to Satan um, who is the personality behind all of this, now works out in the life of the individual. So when an individual ends up involved in drugs or there is extreme violence or there is breakup in family or there is extreme alcoholism or there is murder or there is crime and there's violence, that this is a result of the fallen sin nature influenced at the hands of Satan and the demonic realm. Absolutely. And, and, and we, we must teach that. We must be clear. God gave mankind free will. Free will. And it was Adam and Eve's choice mm-hmm. to sin against God. Mm-hmm. However, the influence of Satan was obviously present in moving that influence along to get them right. to sin. Now, we right. don't blame Satan. We, we understand Man has a choice. He has a choice when to make. We, when we sin, knowingly sin, we sin because we choose to. We right. understand that. But right. there is an influence there. There you go. So, you know, we say it all the time. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't you make, make him drink. drink. But what Satan would do is put little salt bits in your mouth. There you go. <laughs> make you thirsty. Make you real thirsty. <laughs> make you choose to drink. So we have a call on there. Call, are you there? Yes. Go ahead and offer your comment, please. Hello. There are um, a lot of points you could make, but I just want to narrow down just a few. Um... First of all, we don't need to try and be descriptive with Satan. Um, The whole word tells you to choose good or choose evil. There are only two. 
And a lot of stories in the Bible will address the physical because we are five sense beings. A lot of times if you approach um, a person or a group of people from how it would hurt on the sense level, then it will bring our attention. And hell is being without God or without Christ. When we're in church, it allows us to release and let go the trials and the cross we bear from during the week. Just like now, everybody is trying to describe what Jesus looks like. You can't describe it because every nation, every tribe, every nationality has their own description and their own name. There's only one God, and we only need to concentrate on one thing, and that that is being without God. Because if we get distracted by the devil, the devil's going to be in hell also. So we don't need to keep competing with him. We have a conscience and a soul, and we need to communicate with the soul instead of always trying to appease the senses. And when I was a little girl, um, the older folk used to scare children into doing right by telling them what hell was going to be like. So we have to let people know that hell is going to be, it's, it's unimaginable. Just like the Bible tells you, you can't imagine how good heaven is and how wonderful being with Jesus will be. We have to let people know, you might think there's a party, but there is not a party. There's an unquenchable fire, which means that you burn. And although you burn completely up, the fire is still there. There is darkness. The darkness that we know now the Bible tells you flees from hell's darkness. We, can, we can't even see our hands in front of our faces sometimes in darkness as we see it. But hell is even darker than that. Darkness is light in hell. There's gashing of teeth. We need to tell people whatever it is you're lusting after now is going to be your torment in hell. It will never stop. There is no end to the torment. And people need to know that hell... You can't imagine how bad it's going to be. People now are entertained by horror movies. I don't understand that. It's bloody. It's gory. It's demonic. But that's another distraction of, quote, unquote, the devil, because he allows us to be entertained by those things. Right. And but so we need to get back to the Bible of what hell, the worst part of hell. Right. Okay. Well, we thank you for the call. Very insightful comments. We do have some other callers that we need to get to, but thank you for your time. Oh, well, thank you. All right. And, and again, I do want to make a comment, though. She said uh, we're not in competition. Mm -hmm. No, we, we recognize who we are in Christ, but it would still be foolish of us to ignore the reality mm -hmm. that there is a Satan, there is spirits that work or try to work against us. And we need to recognize that. Would you agree, Pastor Young? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I think about is the benefits that Satan receives from this uh, this thought that he doesn't exist. Because, one, it, uh, uh, quite frequently people blame God for things that are going on in their life. You know, if God loves me, why does he let this happen? Why does he let that happen? And and we also, we fight each other. You alluded to Ephesians 6 earlier where, where Paul teaches us that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Uh, and so even if you go and you take uh, a horrible mass murderer and, and you take them to the electric chair, you have crucified their flesh. But the truth is, is that same spirit that, that, that caused them to do whatever perverted things that they did,
kid is still alive and functioning, and it just moves on to try to find another vessel. Right. And then the thing that's even greater to me and even more mind-boggling is the Holy Spirit idea mm-hmm. that, that people don't believe uh, that the Holy Spirit exists because that's our power to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to fight. To do what we do. So, so I can see but why I think, do that. But I think we need to clarify because mm-hmm. I think many people in, in the call are just earlier made the statement about senses Mm -hmm. and many times we don't understand how god defines a person in the bible Mm -hmm. a person in the bible is someone that has intellect emotion and Mm -hmm. will right not necessarily a body Mm -hmm. right so i think many times people get caught up okay well if you look at god the father it does not say he had a body jesus christ had a body Mm -hmm. god the holy spirit does not have a body but all three we believe are one are persons right much like satan is a person a personality possesses intellect, emotion, and will, mm-hmm. does not have to have a body. Mm-hmm. So when, when you look at that aspect, yes, God is real, the Father is real, because he has intellect, emotion, and will. Yes, the Holy Spirit is real. The Bible says that when Jesus was baptized, that the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus in bodily form. Right. And so, again, that lets us know the Holy Spirit has intellect, emotion, and will, speaks into our life, allows us to understand the will of God, Mm-hmm. And allows us to do what God intended. If we don't understand that aspect of person mm-hmm. from the Bible, then yes, we can get confused. Uh, we do have another caller on the air, and the callers call keep calling in. If you're calling in, trying to uh, get on, and uh, you haven't been successful thus far, keep calling in. We'll try to get you on before we end the show. Caller, are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. I am only moderately surprised by the uh, survey results, and I say that because. When you look at Scripture, well, I have to confess, I was one of these naive people that thought everything bad was, um, you know, of the devil. But when you look at Scripture with specificity, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, specifically tells us that the devil masquerades as an angel of light. And more often than not, when I think of um, my mistakes when I was, um, you know, enticed into sin, so to speak, it was with the thought of something good or pleasurable coming from it. Of course, in the end, it's more heartache than it's worth. Absolutely. um, You know, everything uh, good is um, not of God. You know, sometimes the enemy entices us that way. And, um, uh, to mention, to pick, piggyback on something you mentioned, Pastor Swan, you talked about um, the book of Revelation. I believe, I'm not a scriptural scholar, but I believe it's um, chapter 13 that really gets in detail about the Antichrist um, taking over and running the world for a period of time. And they talk about how charismatic and charming and good-looking this uh, individual is, and lo and behold, who is it? <laughs> yeah, and again, thank you for the call, and that, that theme is all throughout. When you look at the book of Revelation very quickly, the, there's a seven-year tribulation period. Many believe that the first three and a half years are marked by a false peace that will give the Antichrist the opportunity to bring nations together mm-hmm. to set up the temple uh, that will exist during that time, and then in the midpoint of that tribulation period, the Antichrist and his spirit will desecrate the temple of God, and that's when really the spirit of the Antichrist will flow. In that time is when Jesus said, now is the time that there will be 
terror and things unlike what you've never seen because, mm-hmm. again, of that spirit of Satan trying to have power in the house of God. And so you see that now. You know, if there if there is ignorance in the, in the pew and in, in the pulpit about this existence mm-hmm. of Satan, mm-hmm. the Bible says Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, mm-hmm. meaning he's looking around for weak, the weaknesses in us to find those places where he can prounce mm-hmm. and, and, and go on. And so we, we have to be mindful. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. I was let's, ready to get on the Holy let's Spirit. Let's do that real quick before we get this next caller. How I mean, how do we get people to understand, yes, God the Father exists, Jesus Christ exists, and so does the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is real and a person <laughs> in the Trinity or the triune view of God. How do we get people to understand that? We have to do just that, Pastor Swan. We have to teach people that the Holy Spirit is a person. And that he is the third person of the Trinity. Yes, he is. And he is described in Scripture as the spirit of truth. Now, what is interesting about this is that when, on the one hand, you have 59% that don't believe in Satan. On the other hand, that same group doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit. You can see how the deception is really, really being brought about because the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I must go away so I can give you the helper, right. the comforter. And according to John 16, he will lead and guide you into all truth. Right. And we must teach that the Holy Spirit is a person that reveals truth to us so that when Satan masquerades around as an angel of light, it is the inner working of the Holy Spirit in us that can begin to point out and say, no, this is it's false. Which means you can't even interpret the Bible correctly Without until you have the presence of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling right? of the and, Holy and Spirit. Second Corinthians 4 and 4 says that Satan has it. blinded the minds and the eyes of people. Mm-hmm. So if people are blinded, don't have the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in them to convict them of what truth is, then mm-hmm. it's easy for Satan to, to get everybody off guard. There you have it. All right, so we've got another caller in there. Caller, you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead and quickly offer your comment, please. All right, uh, very quickly, I would like to give uh, two shout-outs to my homeboy. This is Steve Hagwood, Pastor Swan. Steve, what's up, man? And Raymond Johnson. What's up, Steve? My boy from Bethel High School. Man, don't, don't get Bethel. Bethel quiet no. all day, man. Don't get <laughs> Bethel a shout-out, man. <laughs> go, go ahead, keep... Um, very quickly, I think um, a point um, that I haven't heard, especially from the African-American church, um, about this topic, because it's very interesting. I was just having this conversation with um, a couple of my friends the other day. Um, what's going on is the church, um, Christianity, has been attacked uh, and, and politicized over the last 30 years. And what's happening is you're having a lot of agnostics and non-believers who are, are somehow getting in touch with um, these uh, so-called Christians, those who are going to church, and they're putting that doubt in their head. And what's happening is they're forming their own opinion about, you know, they'll say that this is uh, uh, God is, a, is, is magical, make-believe. So to me, um, as the previous caller was saying, I wasn't very shocked to hear that there are a lot of people who don't believe in the devil. If they don't believe that there's a God or or, or the Holy Spirit, then why should they believe that there's no devil? Um, as you teach us, Pastor Swan, in church, that you must be in accordance with the Holy Spirit in order to be in God's favor. So, you know, everything that you guys are saying is is, is right on point. But, um, you know, I would just like to hear you guys talk about it from the political side of it as well. I, I know you can go off on, on many tangents about that, but when you turn on the news, you're constantly seeing the church being attacked about Absolutely. Thank you for the call, Steve. We'll, we'll try to address that very quickly. You know, the whole notion of separation of church and state, I mm-hmm. believe, and you have people in, in state who think they know church mm-hmm. that don't know and, mm-hmm. and want to make, uh, you know, suggestions and opinions on behalf of the church. 
And then you have people in the church that are not rightly informed about what the will of God is. When you have both of those things working together, it makes for challenge. And, and so, you know, again, the problem is, is that when we don't know our own stuff. Come on, talk. When you have a Jehovah Witness can knock on your door, talk. and instead of answering the door, you rather shut your blinds and tell everybody to be quiet. Hide, hide, hide. <laughs> because you don't want nobody, you, because they're going to give you the watchtower, and they're going to tell you all the stuff, and you can't accurately articulate your own faith. Yeah. That's what the problem is. Yeah, you're talking, preacher, you're talking. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> if, if, if you tell me I'm a Steeler fan, I can defend that. Uh-huh. Right? Even know. if you are a Cowboy fan, <laughs> Pastor Young, I can tell you I'm a Steeler fan to heart. And I can tell you why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I couldn't tell you why, then am I really a, a true diehard fan? No. No. So, again, if, I, if I'm a child of God and I can't accurately articulate what I believe and why I believe. Oh, you're stirring up something now, Then Pastor. now you're, you're going to get folks' enemy to come in and try to doubt. That's what Satan did in the garden. Mm-hmm. Did, did God really say mm-hmm. you can't eat of the, uh, the fruit of the tree of the garden? He planted the seed of doubt. He does it today. Mm-hmm. And if, we don't, if we're not strong in our conviction, it makes it difficult for us to stand on anything. One other thing real quickly, Pastor Swan, before we get to the next caller, is that when we look at the New Testament and we look at the work of Paul, it takes place in the backdrop of a politicized economy right. and culture. So Paul is dealing with a pantheon of a multiplicity of gods, and he's dealing with the Stoics, and he's dealing with the uh, with Epicureanism and all of this thing. Well, hold on, man. Oh, well, too, too much <laughs> of a big <laughs> This, this, Give this me a smaller show, word. This show here, we, we don't know what pantheon means. We, we, we need to know. Okay. Break it down. Many gods. There we go. That's okay. what we need. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Paul is dealing with many gods. We know you are educated. <laughs> <laughs> many gods, many cultures, all of this extreme thought that there are many roads that lead toward this uh, heavenly mind state, if you will. But that's where we are today in postmodernism. And that's where we've got. It's not changed to some degree. Now what you have is many views of how to get to God. Many people say now that maybe all religions lead to the same God. We know that that's that's not true. And so, again, all these things. We, We do have another caller. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Okay, can you quickly offer your comment? We're almost out of time. Yes, sir. Uh, I just want to say when I first heard the uh, conversation started, I guess maybe over 30 minutes ago, uh, when one of you all stated that uh, you were somewhat surprised or shocked, uh, I'm kind of surprised that you were surprised uh, because it is not a great shock to somebody who is a real quote-unquote Christian. Uh, many people call themselves Christians, but uh, if you are a real Christian, there should be no doubt in your mind that Satan is real. Uh, there are many forces, there are many evil forces in this world to let you know that uh, this man is real. Somebody spoke earlier regarding uh, the fact that some preachers or pastors are not uh, being concrete and sound in the doctrine. Uh, that's part of it, and I think that uh, has a maybe had a large part to do with it. But uh, you'd be surprised how many people uh, are not even concerned about real, true, holy living. So, therefore, the enemy used that as an avenue to that person's uh, actions and ways. And next thing you know, that person say, hey, man, they know such thing as hell, the devil. And that's what you have in this world right now, a unfocused, a degenerate society that's full of foolishness, and unconcerned about right living. Very good. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Thank you. And, and I will say this. You know, I was the one that said I was surprised. Not surprised from the fact that unbelievers would have this view. Mm. I was more surprised of the fact that these were people who described themselves as, as Christians. Christians. Amen, sir. 
which would then suggest if you subscribe yourself as a Christian, and we said it earlier in the show, we made some assumptions. We made an assumption that you are a member of a place of worship that is teaching the word of God completely mm-hmm. in his whole truth. And if that were the case, then there would be no question that you would know that Satan is real. But maybe not. I we don't know. We can't make that assumption anymore nowadays. Yeah, we, we can't make that assumption. Are we almost out of time, Moose? We almost out of time? Can we get that last call or are we, are we done? Moose said we're done. Okay. So let me, let me offer this. Let me give uh, each uh, pastor here to offer your last comment, and then uh, we'll do some closing remarks on the show for today. Pastor Young. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure that that we take a moment uh, and collect ourselves as Christians, as believers, to understand, you know, the Bible says in Romans 7, 21, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So we got to understand that, you know, the enemy is here, he's present, and, and he's trying to distract us from his existence so that we can blame God, our brothers, our sisters in Christ. Uh, uh, and and the, on, the, on the flip side, uh, the Holy Spirit is more than just something that you catch. It's not the thing that happens when people run around the church and, and slobber and all that kind of stuff. We <laughs> react to the, the presence of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit according to our own personality. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that these people are wrong when they do that because some people, that's just the way they respond. But there's also people that can collect themselves and and, 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 and channel the power of God in a way that it's useful uh, to everyone. And I, I believe that that is truly a sign of, of spiritual maturity when you can harness the power of God and allow it to to funnel through you in a way that it uplifts the body of Christ. Very good. Pastor, Pastor Johnson. I just would just say uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this is indeed a stronghold or one of the most strong, strongest strongholds of our day in that we must begin to articulate the truth about who Satan is. And also, as you said, Pastor Swan, give the whole truth of what happens when everything winds up when Jesus returns and this world is judged and the God of this world who would be Satan is judged and cast into the lake of fire and what our role is in that and being Christians and articulating truth and pulling people into the light and into the love of Christ. Absolutely. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is critically and essentially important in this. He is the one that is at work in the world today and within Christianity. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I that we're going to get it right. Absolutely. And the Holy Spirit is the one that's got to lead and guide us in the giving and, of the And right. Jesus is confident that the Spirit can fulfill his role. There you go. And so we must understand that. And so we, we're almost out of time. We want to thank everyone for calling in. Thank uh, Pastor Young, Pastor Johnson for being with us today. If you happen to miss a portion of the show, once again, you can visit www.kevinswan.org. Go to the media link sometime later on this afternoon. Today's show in its entirety will be there for your listening pleasure. And uh, once again, I want to thank Kevin Moose Anderson, station manager. Can I say that? You can say that. Can't say that yet? We're going to pray on it. <laughs> Trust God for it, uh, for, for helping us out behind the scenes today. We hope that you've listened and enjoyed the show today. We'll be back next Tuesday with another edition. Maybe we need to pick up where we left off because we didn't even yeah, talk about the Holy hour. Spirit. You need an hour for this. And just let hour. me say quickly, I know we got to go. It's the Holy Spirit of where God literally steps inside of us. Mm. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the scriptures say, is the same spirit that lives inside of every believer Mm. that brings truth to power. Mm. If we don't recognize that, then certainly we will not recognize that the devil is real. And so, again, it is the spirit that gives us what we need to make it. So thank everyone for listening today. And, again, uh, we'll be back next Tuesday with another show. Be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care.